Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell, coast to coast. And what is going on as we approach 2021? It can't come any sooner. Craig Mish here in for Scott Farrell on Coast to Coast. It is a great Wednesday afternoon for me to be with you guys from 4 to 6 Eastern. We got a lot coming up. My buddy Cam Stewart's going to be in with me here on the show for the two hours. We got Rich Waltz coming on the show. Rich, of course, a tremendous broadcaster. Going to be involved in one of the college basketball games tomorrow. We'll talk some college hoops with him a little college football as well. We'll get his thoughts on the uh, upcoming playoff and upcoming national champion. We have a bowl game already in the books here today is Wisconsin and Wake Forest. We'll get to that in just a second. A lot of points scored in that game. Not a really pretty game, I would say, in particular. And then the marquee game for me coming up later today, my Florida Gators. They may not have a lot in the orange and blue tonight, but they will take on Oklahoma. So, don't ask me about the spread in that game because there's only one thing that I'm partial to these days in sports, and it is the Florida Gators. Everything else is either my fantasy team or the team that I'm betting on and nothing else. But I, but I just can't bet against the Gators, although I will have my opinion coming on that game in a little bit. But where do we start the show today? I'll start in the place that I can speak to the most. And the odd 2020 has provided us with a lot of theater a lot of interest, and a lot of bizarre activity in sports. But nothing is more complicated to me than the idea that some places and some stadiums can have fans in the stands and some cannot. I mean, that is the one element that I think that we missed most in 2020, not having fans. Now, the stadium that I went to throughout 2020, I only went to one place. Actually, I take it back. When everything got shut down in March, the day before it did, I was covering a spring training game here for Sports Grid. We were actually live at the game between the uh, Miami Marlins and New York Yankees. Following day, they shut everything down. Since then, the only stadium that I have been to, which is probably one more stadium than any of you <laughs> watching out there, uh, was Marlins Park. I, I covered approximately... I would say 15 to 20 games at Marlins Park. It was the strangest feeling of anything that I've ever covered in the history of sports. No one there. I mean, basically almost no security, no fans. Uh, you know, where do I go? I mean, I, I know because I've been there a million times, but just like arrows pointing you here, there, wash your hands here, get tested here, get checked there. Now, all of a sudden, the Buffalo Bills today make the announcement that 6,700 fans are going to be allowed to go to the game. Now, isn't that interesting timing? 
Now, let's also get real. In a stadium that seats 60 to 70,000, maybe I'm even being a little bit conservative, what will 6,700 fans do? I'm not really sure. But here is the question that you have to ask yourself. Is this the beginning for the Bills if they win a first game to maybe get 15,000 fans in the stands? Now, here where I live in the state of Florida, we're not all that careful. Let's be honest. The way that we're governed here is sort of just like kind of do whatever you want. And I'm not going to get into politics because that ain't my thing. But the truth is, is that they had fans at uh, Hard Rock Stadium where the Dolphins played all season long. They had fans at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa where the Buccaneers played. And I know that they don't normally get a lot of fans anyway in Jacksonville, but they had their fans too. And if I'm not mistaken, the one team in the NBA that's not playing in Canada is actually playing up the road from me in Florida. We just play. That's all we do. We let people in. We have fun. But isn't it ironic that the New York Giants and the New York Jets, the two teams that you would say have more prominence in the state of New York than the Buffalo Bills, who are not playing in the playoffs, most likely, because the Giants still do have a shot, that all of a sudden the state of New York is like, you know what? Let's let the Buffalo Bills have 6,700 fans there. Now, I don't think that's going to make a huge difference in the game. Uh, Home games this year in the NFL have not been really influenced by fans to me, which is the shame of it, more so in college football, where that's the biggest shame of all. College sports is really where home fans make the huge difference. But if I'm going to play conspiracy theory here, my theory is that in Buffalo, if the Bills win their first game, they double that number to game two. And then you're actually talking about a potential home field advantage. Besides all the crazy things that you hear, it's the weather and it's tough to play there and all that stuff. I mean, there's no, there's nobody yelling. There's that fake stuff. I, I went to Marlins Park and, and aside from all the jokes about the Marlins and their fans too, they play that canned fan sound throughout. Like, ah, it, it just doesn't do it. It's not the same. There's a crazy play in a baseball game or on a football field and the, ah, it stays the same. Nothing changes. It just still sounds like that. They may make it a little bit louder, but there's not that boost. And by the way, when the offense has the ball and the defense, you know, understands they want to get the fans all riled up, can't do that in the NFL this year. Can't do it in college football either. But in Buffalo, you may be able to. And will that be a game changer for the Bills as they make this run toward the championship? I got another one for you. Kansas City has started to allow fans into the stands too. I wonder if Kansas City coming off of their bye, if they open it up a little bit more. If you're betting on the NFL, Week 17 is just is just a nightmare. But if you're betting on the NFL and you're thinking that the teams don't have home field advantages this year because of no fans being in the stands, you may want to pay close attention to see which stadiums are allowing it as the NFL playoffs begins. It could be a little bit of a game changer this year. Interestingly enough, only in the month of January. Go figure. All right, we're off and running here on fan, on uh, Coast to Coast here on Sports Grid. Almost did it again there. Cam Stewart's going to join me next. We'll go over a couple of bowl games. We've got college basketball tonight, NBA as well. Craig Missions for Scott Farrell here on Coast to Coast. Stay right here. We'll be right back. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's been 30 years since the first episode of Beverly Hills 90210. 30 years since we walked the halls of West Beverly High and since we all hung out at the Peach Pit. Relive it all with Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling on their new podcast, 90210-OMG. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happened. Join them as they re-watch every episode of the beloved 90s TV show from the very beginning. Listen to 90210-OMG on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sussman, and if you want the winning edge, you need to be watching In Game Live only on SportsGrid. Coast to Coast, Craig Mission for Scott Farrell. Today is Wednesday, the 30th of December, our 2020 journey. It's coming to an end, but not before a couple of shows before the new year. And here with me on this journey today, you can follow him on Twitter at Cam Stewart Live. The very great, multi-talented, <laughs> with the nickname of Bear that I was unaware of until yesterday. <laughs> Cam Stewart with me. Cam, happy new year to you. Happy holidays. How is everything? Uh, you too, Craig. All the best, buddy. Let's hope 2021's better. Yeah, they call me uh, Bear. I got that one uh, actually in Mexico. I'm pretty big guy. And my buddy, like we had, they had like at the resort we're at, it was like a cannonball belly flop competition. And everyone's going, oh, so, oh, so. And I'm like, I didn't take Spanish in school. I'm like, what the hell's oh, so? They're like, bear, bear, bear. Anyway, uh, I won the competition with the biggest tidal wave in a bottle. Great trip, Craig. And uh, yeah, not a great start to the day, buddy. I'm not sure uh, you're a smarter man. I know you're waiting for the Florida game, but I bet on uh, Wake Forest. It started well, but I've learned this about college. You almost don't want the team you have to score first because you're doomed. They just got smoked in the second half. Yeah, they did with with Wisconsin sitting a bunch of players too. And and, and look, it, this has been a difficult bowl season for everybody. And and I mean, the only thing harder to bet right now, I think, than the college bowls is probably the NBA. The NBA was nice and smooth mm. there for like two or three days. And it's like everywhere that I look on social media, a guy is questionable to play tonight. And I, I mean, honestly, yep. betting these games blind at two o'clock or one o'clock in the afternoon before a seven o'clock game is difficult. But uh, the the interesting one, and we'll we'll talk a little college football a little bit later, but my Florida Gators today, you know, they came up short for the national championship. One of our dudes, Cam, you remember, I don't know if you saw the game, he threw a shoe at the end of the game against LSU. Had he not done that, I think Florida could have made the case to get in, at the very least, battle it out with Texas A&M to get in that fourth spot and, and kick Notre Dame out. But now it just, it, with the line moving, Cam, I'm guessing, and by the way, for people who don't know, uh, Oklahoma was three. It's moved up to a touchdown in some places over on FanDuel at seven, seven and a half. I'm guessing that in 30 or 40 minutes from now, we're going to hear some extra players being out that we don't know of. I know two of their top offensive players, Pitts and Tony, are both not playing today. Yeah, that's huge. And, and uh, you know, basically they have one receiver, Craig, you know, and uh, Trask has had a fantastic season. But what are you going to do against Oklahoma, too? It's kind of a bad spot for Florida when you really think about it. Oklahoma 
after that start losing to Kansas State, they've been the hottest team in the nation. They've been fantastic. I know Iowa State almost came back against them, but Rattler, every single week, he's gotten better. The team's defense is actually good compared to Oklahoma's uh, teams in the past, and the offense is rolling now. It's kind of a tough matchup. I really, really would have loved to see the Gators at full strength against Oklahoma because I think it would be a real tight game. But you know what? Florida's good, but if they're missing like the best players on both sides of the ball, we have some big problems in this game, and Oklahoma's coming in pretty hot. I just saw that uh, on FanDuel, a couple other sites, I think they took it down for a bit. They're probably going to repost, but yeah, it went from three to seven. Would be surprised, seven and a half, eight, and uh, I see the total. It opened up at 64. I see some uh, 65 and 65 and a halfs out there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the backup quarterback for Florida is probably going to end up starting for them next year in Emory Jones. I, I'm my concern would be with the line in particular that when a line moves like this more than a point or two, that something is up with the quarterback. And I've heard nothing about Trask sitting out this game. He's made it pretty clear that he wants to play in the game today. So uh, that, that would be a surprise. And you're right. Oklahoma has been fantastic. Uh, I would think that next year they may not be the number one team in the country going into the season, but I definitely think they'll be in the top five. And honestly, at this point, Cam, with the way college football is, you almost have to be in the top 10 at the beginning of the season to, to qualify to get in that final four at the end, because as these teams are on the outside looking in, like BYU found out or Coastal Carolina or even Cincinnati, when you're so far out to start the season, it hurts you. Notre Dame may not be better than any of those other teams, but if they start off the season in the top 10, all they got to do is win a couple of games and it puts them right there. But a bizarre year, nonetheless, I, I think that's probably the summary of it. I agree with you. And I got a real problem with the whole system, Craig. Like, we have the Power Five conferences. Like, what is Cincinnati supposed to do? These guys go out there and they win their games. I get it. Like, you know, you're in the American Conference, but you still, it wasn't your best performance against Tulsa, but you won the damn game. You sweep your schedule. You play some tough teams on the schedule. And really, when you look at Ohio State, what the heck have they done? What? You, you played a bunch of cream puffs. Your toughest game was against Indiana, and Indiana's a pretty decent team, but that's the thing. I was like, Ohio State, Ohio State. Well, let's take a look at the Big Ten. Penn State was horrible this year. Minnesota was a disappointment, right? We can we can look, like Rutgers is actually one of the surprise teams. Seattle's working on things there, but that conference is down, down, down. But the one thing I will say, Craig, I never like to poke the bear. That's my nickname. Don't, don't poke him too much because Dabo Sweeney, uh, I respect the man. I like the way he treats the kids with the pizza parties and stuff. But don't give Ohio State any fodder, but bulletin board material. And to rank them like 11th is just stupid. Uh, they might not be four, but they're definitely right. in the top 10. And if you want to see the Buckeyes get fired up, that's to me. If some guy did that to me, I'd be pretty pissed heading to that game. Clemson's going to get all they can handle from Ohio State. And they, and they did last year, even with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yep. I, I think it either went to overtime. It was right at the end. Dobbins was running through them all game last year. I know that, that you know, Ohio State doesn't have him. They also don't have a couple of their key defensive backs from last year. But I think you're right. I don't think there's any doubt. It will be close. Clemson's defense proved against Notre Dame back a couple of months ago that they can be had. Why can't Ohio State put up four touchdowns against them? I think it's certainly possible. Um, we'll get we'll get to a little uh, college football a little bit later here on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the big stories percolating Cam here in South Florida has been the two quarterback usage uh, and over in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. And this week, it does appear that Tua Tagovailoa is going to get another start at Buffalo. The Bills are the only team thus far to sort of be unclear as to which way they're going to go as far as their starters are concerned. Today, their offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, who has come under a little bit of fire for the conservative nature that Tua has played, talks specifically about the play calls that he is sending in for his rookie quarterback. 
you have the game plan set up that you you know you go into it with, and then um, you're in a different mode when you uh, when you get to the end there. You're in a totally different mode. So it's it's it is different because of the situation. Cam, the the Dolphins are really in a no win situation here with based on what they've done because <laughs> yeah. uh, Cam, they've won all these games, you know, and and that's the thing that you you don't question when teams win. But I got to tell you, the second the Dolphins lose a game, whether it is this week against Buffalo, whether it is playoff week number one or even playoff week number two. The Monday morning quarterbacks are all going to rise in, the people that do what we do, and we're going to pick the other quarterback and say that that person should have started and not the one that did. It is coming, coming fast. It is coming hard. I don't know when, but it's going to happen inevitably. This is just not something people are used to seeing, two quarterback usage in the NFL. And I love the way the guys are handling it. Like at first, uh, Craig, you know, when Fitzpatrick made the comments about I want to be the starter and stuff, I'm like, where's this going? But he's really matured. He's a veteran. Him and Tua become buddies and they're working it out. It's like, listen, buddy, you're not hot today. I'm going to come in and I got to give Ryan Fitzpatrick all the credit in the world. I'm used to seeing, you know, the four touchdown games and then throwing like seven interceptions. He's been fantastic. He's staying in the pocket. He's getting lit up. He's still making completions. I love what the Dolphins are doing. It's funny. The Bears actually should have gone, you know, they would, they'd be in the playoffs without fighting for it. Mitch Trubisky had one damn bad quarter against Atlanta, and now look what he's doing with this team. You really think Nick Foles is the answer? At least Miami and Flores had it under control. He said, listen, when one guy's hot, I'm going to ride the hot hand college style, and it's working for these guys. As long as they put their egos aside, I think everything's going to be all right. I love that Dolphins defense, too. Man, they're sweet. Yeah, uh, very opportunistic. Xavier Howard, probably the uh, the NFL defensive player of the year. Well, over on FanDuel, the line switched, uh, flipped is, is the terminology, where Buffalo was more than a three-point favorite. Now Miami is a favorite in this game, and as they probably should be. And so essentially the way that we're looking at this is sort of wondering who is going to play for the Buffalo Bills coming up on Sunday. Coming up after we come back here on Coast to Coast, here Craig Mitchell for Scott Farrell, we'll hear from Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Will we see Josh Allen on Sunday? Will we see Stephon Diggs on Sunday? Who will actually be suiting up? Not sure that we'll get an answer, but we'll definitely hear from him coming up very, very soon. Uh, there's no doubt for me that if Buffalo chooses to sit all their players, it's a loss for them coming up. They want to get ahead of the line. Sean McDermott, we'll hear from him next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. 
As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Every single day on the Sports Grid Network. Welcome back, Coast to Coast. Craig Mission for Scott Farrell. I got Cam Stewart here also, 4 to 6 Eastern. Game time decisions coming your way then. Gabe and Cam's got you covered from 6 to 7. And then, of course, in-game live tonight, all the college basketball, the uh, Florida-Oklahoma game. Some good stuff tonight uh, that they'll be able to preview. Just to give you an update, I want to update that line that I mentioned previously. Buffalo is back to being a favorite again. This line just keeps going back and forth. So uh, now we got Buffalo minus one and a half over on FanDuel. So we'll just keep a closer eye on that. Once the official announcement is made, like Kansas City did, even on their social media account. I don't know if you saw this, Cam, but about an hour ago on their social media account, which is rare, uh, they they basically said that Chad Henney is going to start at quarterback for Kansas City this week. I, I mean, that's not a big surprise for me. It is a little odd that Buffalo's playing this so close to the vest, but I believe that this has been McDermott's MO. He sort of has played his guys for like a play or two, even when they didn't need to. So I, I I may expect to see Josh Allen for like five or six plays just to play that whole preseason. They start the game and then come out thing. I mean, that may happen here, but the line certainly doesn't indicate that they're going to play a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. It's interesting, Craig, because if you look at Buffalo, they've kind of turned into the old new England Patriots. They're not just beating teams. They're blowing teams out. They're going for points late. Like, it's been a kind of role reversal. And they've been, when you look at the Bills, they've been money in the first half. They win first quarter, first half bets all the time. They are just smoking teams. That's what I'm saying. Beware. I love the fish. They've been putting money in our pockets this year. They've been a great team, Craig. I remember that game against the Rams where we smashed them there, and they you know, their defense did some really good things. Miami's been good, but it's still – Buffalo knows one thing, and you know this being down in South Florida. The Bills and Dolphins, that's a true rivalry. Like when the Bills – when we had fans at the game, all the people from Buffalo, the Snowbirds, they'd come in there, and there'd be a lot of Bills fans at those Dolphins games. They understand still, even though they're going to rest guys, I still think the Buffalo Bills are going to start guys – for a while, and if they get a lead in the game, then they'll take Allen and all these guys out. They're just on a tootsie roll right now, Craig. So it's one of those things, like, you almost don't want to go out and ruin the mojo that you have going right now. I get it. I get the risk of injuries, but the players, I think, are saying, you know what? We're playing great football right now. Let's not change anything. A lot of athletes are very superstitious, as you know, and I think the Bills want to just keep on rolling. Yeah, it's really compelling. It's the only compelling line at this stage before the game's on Sunday because of the non-announcement from the head coach. In my opinion, if I found out that Allen and Diggs and maybe Singletary and Moss, some of the defensive players weren't playing, I would have to back Miami. You're right. If Allen is going to play a half, those guys are going to play a half. That's a different story. But we really don't know. And the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, met with the media and continues to be the one coach that doesn't tell us what's going on. Do you plan on making that plan? I know like Mike Tomlin said Ben Roethlisberger wasn't playing. Is this something that you're going to keep secret until we reach the fields, or is that something that potentially uh, you would give your players or, or you know, let out earlier? 
Yeah, no, I'm going to be very straightforward about it. I'm going to keep that within our within our organization uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, again, A, because I haven't talked to the players yet, and B, because I just think that that's the best thing for us. All right, Cam, so we'll go into the weekend not knowing, essentially. <laughs> I, I like it, though. Like, it's McDermott, he should be working for the National Hockey League. Where's the injury? Lower body, upper body. No, no, specific upper body. I, I answered your question. No, you're not getting any more. I kind of like it. It's like, do I really have to tell anybody anything? I'm just going to play it close to the vest. Probably a very good poker player, but... Uh, you know what? I don't have a problem with it. He doesn't need to. He need. He doesn't need to do anything. He doesn't want to do right now. The recipe for the Buffalo Bills is working, and I wouldn't change anything. Get up at the same time. Eat the same damn cereal. Meet your wife at that time. Go to the same restaurant. See the same people. I'm not gonna say don't wear the same underwear, but you get my drift, Craig. Like right now, everything with Buffalo, they're in that zone. So I wouldn't want to ruin any type of flow right now. So yeah, I, I, I got no problem with McDermott. And you know what? I really like his coaching style. He's kind of an old school guy who gets it though. You know what I mean? Like remember Tom Coughlin back in the day, oh, he's an old curmudgeon and they, you know, they just basically say, Hey Tom, like, you know, loosen up. And then he, and then him and Jeremy Shockey and the gang went bowling and then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And he said, I even had to adapt to times. McDermott is a guy that gets respect from the players and like vice versa. He's an old school guy, but he also understands how to deal with the new athlete. A great coach. Yeah, and, and and by the way, it, it is the one line as of now, and I know the Arizona uh, Rams line is interesting too because as you as you mentioned in the update, there's a chance that Kyler Murray plays, but that is the one line that if you did believe Buffalo would not play their players, that you could take advantage of now. Pretty much everything else is out there. If you chose to back Miami and you thought that Buffalo comes Saturday or comes even Sunday morning has all these players inactive. It's the only line that you could really take advantage of because the line absolutely will flip if those guys were out. I would expect Miami to be a two- or three-point favorite if, if Allen doesn't play at all, but FanDuel right now kind of is middling it, I guess, to a degree. But the one thing that would be more compelling would be that total because if Buffalo-Miami's total was in the mid-40s, 45, 46, which was where I projected to be somewhere around there, and you found out that those guys weren't playing, you could really hammer that under and uh, no availability Great. yet on on Fandle there. Great for, point. Uh, the Great point, Craig. That's a, I like the under almost even like I know Buffalo's playing to overs right now because they've been scoring, but that right. Miami defense, as you talk about Howard and those guys are lethal, you put Matt Barkley in the game and I don't care who's quarterbacking Miami. I I, I, I do like that under, especially if Allen and those guys sit, I think that's the way to play the game for sure. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Ravens also playing a uh, win and in type game this weekend and the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh, no stranger to the playoffs, no stranger to the Super Bowl, seems to be in there every single year. Uh, talked about just basically having to do their job to get in. Happy about the win. It's been important to win uh, these last few games. We were able to do that again yesterday. Obviously, we still have another one that we have to win, so we're still in the process of trying to finish this thing out the right way and, and get into the playoffs. We're happy with the fact that we uh, do con completely control our destiny, but we haven't given that much thought. Just got to take care of our business, and that's what we're trying to do. Very, very tough opponent coming up in Cincinnati. Uh, we know them well. We play them a lot, and they're playing their best football of the season, really by far. So understand the challenge, and uh, and we're, we're preparing for that as we speak. Ravens are minus 12.5 on the FanDuel Sportsbook at Cincinnati this week. I saw an unbelievable stat cam that the last – I mean, again, trends don't really mean a lot. Over the last 10 years, the game has changed so much. But just some insane stat that the Cincinnati Bengals 
when they have a losing record in the last 20 years, and it's been 18 times, they are 17 and one in those games against the spread when they play their last game of the year and they have a losing record and they're at home. Um, that's just incredible. Like to think that now I'm not buying into that this week. Although I will say this, Brandon Allen played very well two weeks in a row. I, I mean, Houston's defense was just a total joke last week, but knowing that all Baltimore has to do cam is to win this game. That's the other thing that would beg the question. John Harbaugh's not not concerned with backdoor covers in this one, right? Like if Baltimore's up a ton, and and I, I suppose the line is sort of screaming that they'll be up at some point. If they are, all those guys are going to be sitting in the fourth quarter in that game as they watch the other uh, scoreboard games. So I'll be curious to see how Baltimore ends up playing this one. But the Ravens are the one team, Cam, I don't want to play, right? Like they're, they're the hottest team right now in the NFL, not named Buffalo. They are hot. And uh, Lamar Jackson's got his mojo back again. He's running and, uh, you know, a, a little less. Uh, sometimes they get predictable with their play calling, but he's finding the gaps. They look good. Hollywood Brown has stepped up his game, too. Uh, Andrews isn't dropping as many balls. The defense looks good. I agree. I think Bal- I, I, the, the Baltimore Ravens, like, Buffalo's hot and the Ravens are hot. Those are two teams you don't want to deal with right now. As for this game, I'm going to tell you, Craig, I'm going to take the Bengals. I took a, I took them against the with the points against the Steelers, and I'll do it again. I know the Houston Texans def, defense reeks, but the Bengals scored on every possession in that game, and they look like they're playing with house money right now. And you said it, a 12 and a half point spread opens up the back door. So I think I'm going to be riding the Bengals. Wish me luck. <laughs> Great second half bet if you're betting live Cincinnati plus any points. If you're getting that in the second half of that game, may even be a better bet than than betting the game at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. no matter what the score is. Um, uh, finally, we got Cleveland uh, taking on Pittsburgh. I know Cleveland didn't practice today. They've got some COVID issues going on. Let's just make this and, and pray for the assumption that Cleveland gets this game on Sunday because you don't want this thing stretching out till Monday or Tuesday. They are minus nine and a half against Pittsburgh. The Steelers have made it very clear they're not going to play their players. Kareem Hunt, their running back, who's had a nice year, talked about how the playoffs basically, regardless of, of what's coming up this week, have already started for them. I just feel like uh, from here on out, Every game should be win or go home. So uh, that's how I take it now. So starting a little bit a couple of weeks earlier, but we got to find a way to win these football games no matter what. Cam, I, I did not anticipate Cleveland looking that bad without those receivers. I, I, I know that they lost Beckham at the beginning of the season. And then, of course, not having Landry and Peoples-Jones and some of the receivers that they were missing last week. I I thought it would hurt them, not to the point where they would lose the game outright. I do have my concerns with the Browns. They're not playing their best football at the end of the year. When they're laying a big number, I have a little bit more confidence because I know they could run the ball at the end and just run out the clock. That's how they've covered some of those spreads this year. But uh, certainly don't love the way they're playing, although I do love the fact that they're going against uh, a Pittsburgh team that's not going to have Roethlisberger at quarterback. So, um a tough one for me to call, at least on, on a Wednesday. Yeah, I agree. I, and I like to look at the lines like on the final day to, to look. But I'll tell you something, Craig. I don't care. The Browns, uh, me, you, Gabe, everybody had sports grid playing for the Steelers. Nine and a half points in that game? That's a lot of points for Cleveland to cover. Like, I mean, that's crazy. Mason Rudolph, I know he's not great. But, you know, he could still maybe get the job done. It's a lot to ask. Right now, I have a lean to the Steelers at the plus nine and a half. I don't have the faith in the Browns covering that number, but we'll have to see uh, closer to game time. Browns might be teaser material, Craig. Yeah, and think and think about the two bigger lines that the Browns ended up winning this year and covering the two games that the weather was awful and the other team couldn't score. I mean, that, that was part of the yep. equation. The Browns just ran their way to wins. 
and they didn't do that against the Jets last week. And I guess my early lean would be with you on that one, especially if I could get that little hook and get that plus 10 uh, on Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt that Rudolph's been awful, but all he needs yeah. to do is enter the back door, get the cover. We'll be right back here exactly. on Coast to Coast. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Coast to Coast. Craig Mission for Scott Farrell. Cam Stewart here with me. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. We got Florida and Oklahoma coming up in the Cotton Bowl in just a little bit. And we were, uh, you know, identifying the line in the game right now. And I know Game Time Decision is going to cover that a lot at 6 o'clock Eastern. But uh, there are a couple of reports, Cam, that say uh, two more defensive players for Florida are not going to be playing in the game that have chosen to opt out. Uh, their linebacker, Ventrell Miller, who's pretty good. He was their leading tackler this year. And another one of their defensive linemen starter, Kyrie Campbell. Uh, this is according to a report that I'm reading here online from uh, Pete Thamel. So maybe maybe something – I mean, that would not seem enough to me to move a line six points, but it's a start. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. kind of where we're headed here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait. But that was about less than an hour ago, and I'm, I'm going to keep refreshing. If I get anything else, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, it seems like an overreaction. Like going, imagine getting uh, Oklahoma at three. You're sitting back there having a having a cigar and a cognac, going, "Wow, all these turkeys are taking eight and a half. It might go up to nine by game time." Like that is a great number. Like you you could be in like a nice hedge situation there too. I see the totals gone down a little bit too, Craig. And I know a lot of people are going to like the over in the game, but I just like the way you you brought up a good point. I didn't even realize it's been that long, but Oklahoma their defense has really picked it up over the last uh, month. They've been they've been shutting down good teams and. I hate to say it, I think Florida's going to have problems scoring on these guys tonight. Uh, the, the Sooners have really figured it out. Yeah, I, I think that the comparison that I would make, and here's why, it's not that I would disagree with you, but here is why I wouldn't be as worried when it comes to that, is that, I mean, it depends on how you feel about Alabama's defense, Cam, but Florida had no problem with Alabama's defense. Now, they also had a full you know, complement of most of their players, although Pitts was not a factor, of course, in that game. Um, I, I think Florida's still going to score. I, I do. I do still think they're going to score. They they have even against LSU when they lost in the shoe game. They essentially yeah. haven't been shut down offensively in any game this year. 
again, they haven't been missing as many players as they will in tonight's game. So you, you have to put that in there. But something is is fishy with this line moving up so high. And maybe before we get out of here at the end of the show, we'll get more clarity on that. Because to me, losing a linebacker and defensive lineman isn't enough to swing a line five points. So something else must be up. We'll keep you updated here on Coast to Coast. And of course, Cam and Gabe on game time decisions. All right, we just heard from the Cleveland Browns. Let's move over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin did better as a favorite this week. Talked about how his players are not going to be playing on Sunday, specifically his quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. That means Mason Rudolph is in. And regardless, it does look like that second half for the Steelers put them a little bit at ease with their offense, making them feel like they can sit guys going into the playoffs, or at least that's what Mike Tomlin is saying. Make no mistake about it. Um, it does not change our intentions in terms of going to Cleveland this weekend. Uh, football is our game. Our job is winning. We intend to do our job. We intend to prepare with that mindset and ultimately let our play lead us to that destination. Um, we're not seeking comfort. We're not grading ourselves on the curve. Uh, this game is on the schedule. And so the guys that will be on the field will represent us in the standard that is the Pittsburgh Steelers will be the standard. Cam, the key is getting Roethlisberger healthy, which he obviously is not. It looks like basically something happened at halftime of the last game. I don't know if it was an injection or something. No one even talked about it. That all of a sudden he looked like a different guy in the second half. I think it's really one guy, and it's him. You're getting him ready for the playoffs. But, Cam, let me ask you this question. If the Steelers lose last week to the Colts, is anybody sitting this week for Pittsburgh? I think that answer is no. I agree with you. Yeah, that game really uh, hurt me, Craig. I got to be honest with you, Craig. That was like a holiday punch in the gut. Uh, I had the Colts and me and Blewett and everybody on the network. I have them to win that division. Think about it. They hold on and win that game. Tennessee gets smoked by Green Bay. And I got Jacksonville this week, and I'm going to be counting uh, a lot of money, uh, a lot of big swing on that game. So I'm very pissed that Big Ben found it. You're right. Nobody is talking about it. Did he get an injection? But I will say this. If you watch the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers play football, very predictable. Some guys didn't drop balls. Johnson made a nice catch. Claypool, he's had drop problems. They caught some balls. Ben wasn't perfect in that game, but the Steelers receivers finally figured it out. And I will say this, we just had the tote board up. I think the Steelers are the worst bet on that board at 10 to 1. I would take any other team on that board before them. I don't believe in them. I don't believe in their running game. I think their defense is all right. But, you know, the Colts kind of took their foot off uh, off the pedal there, and they could have really murdered those guys. That big uh, fumble by Rivers kind of changed the momentum of that game, but the Colts had control, and they were just pounding Taylor down their throat, and the game kind of flipped. But I'm going to say this, Craig, I'm not a believer of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're going nowhere. Yeah, it, it, look, it, it's really hard to to buy in at this point. The only thing that they have going for them is that week of rest. Inevitably, yep. they're probably going to get a home game, and and they have that going for them too. Although, as as I've talked about, I don't think that home field is a huge advantage. It, it certainly will depend on who they play. But if they have to play Baltimore in round one, this is not the same team in October. And and I would say the line will indicate that. Maybe Pittsburgh will be a point favorite, maybe two. Maybe even the Ravens will be favorite, Cam. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, you would side with the Ravens, I think, in that spot. I think the line yes. will have to indicate that as well. Yeah. I mean, look, I, w- I went into week 17 last year. I'll never forget it. At the beginning of the season – um, a buddy uh, of mine went to went to Vegas. We bet uh, the Dolphins, and the Dolphins total at the time. This was before they dismantled. This was before they traded Tunsil and some other guys. And, and there were two options. One was four and a half, and one was five. And we wanted to go under, which looked like a fantastic bet, by the way. Two months into the season, it looked like the bet of the year. 
And we actually chose at five at minus 140. And I remember telling my friend, we're not going to need it, but let's just take the five just in case. You know, I mean, maybe we have a miracle happens. Then meanwhile, the Dolphins are going into New England, 16 point underdogs in the final game of the season. I'm like, oh, we don't even need to head. We got this. Dolphins win. Dolphins push. Yep. That, bad. that was not a bad beat, but that was the worst push of my life. I'll never forget that push. Didn't lose a dollar and actually buying that half on the win was worth it. But strange things happen the final week of the season. Nothing stranger than having the NFL set themselves up for the best Sunday night game of the year. Why? They essentially have dragged in either the fan base from the Giants or the Cowboys to Sunday night football. All of the fans that watch their team win that game early are going to watch that team win late. That will include the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, who says that he will be certainly watching to see the outcome of Washington Philly. That's just part of it. And uh, somebody's got to win those games. And, uh, boy, I'll take it any way you can uh, give it. And if somebody has to uh, do some of the heavy lifting for you right there at the end, uh, that's that's when we've got it set up the way we've got it set up. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the way we are this year, that uh, uh, we uh, have at all, we can count on Philadelphia uh, uh, basically giving, uh, you know, getting um, uh, our doing the job for us, and so we'll feel good about that game. Well, Dallas has to win first, Cam, and yes, and needless yes, they to say. Do. Needless to say, they have not. That's not been an easy task for them. Uh, Dalton has been much better as the season's mm. gone on. I, I and you hate to say this. I said this. I think a day or two ago. I, I watching him. It seemed like he was really unprepared to take over at quarterback for Dallas. And maybe that had to do with no training camp and no preseason. And and um, you know, Danucci. I mean, Ben Danucci. There was nobody more unprepared than him, unfortunately, this year. But even Dalton did not look prepared. The Giants. If you asked me three weeks ago, Cam, I would have said uh, best team in the NFL against the spread in 2020. That's what they were. And now all of a sudden, they've gone completely the other way to the point that they've made Dallas two point favorites over on FanDuel here in that early game on Sunday. I agree with Jerry Jones. I think Philly has an opportunity and a great shot to beat Washington, especially if Alex Smith can't play. But that being said, Cam, are you going to pay the tax on the Cowboys this week and lay those points at at, uh, at the Giants? It's a tough game. You want to take the Giants, you can't. And I think, yeah, the Red Rifle is playing a lot better, Craig. And another thing is, too, let's be honest, the Dallas offensive line did him no favors. I, I admit he was rusty when he first came out, but now he's getting a little bit more time. They still have injuries there, but he's finding guys. And I'm going to give the Cowboys a lot of credit. They're down 14-3 to against Philadelphia. They battled back in that game and kicked them right in the teeth. This team is feeling it right now. He's got a great relationship with Gallup, too, which is really important with Cooper and C.D. Lamb there. So Andy Dalton is playing better. The defense is looking a little bit better. I still think the Cowboys win that game. Yeah, three, two and a half, three. I, I lean Dallas in that spot. And uh, we know uh, uh, Heineke Mufflers uh, got the first reps today with the Washington football team, right? Isn't that George Foreman? Is yeah. it Heineke? Yeah, Heineke. That's right, Heineke. Heineke going for uh, the Washington football team there. I don't care. What's going on? But he's a grinder, but I don't know, man. The one thing Washington's going to have to do in that game, they're going to have to win with defense, and they can. Yeah. Uh, it, w- it was funny. I watched uh, NFL films. They had uh, Chase Young. He ran on to the field when Heineke came in on offense. Uh, it was after <laughs> Heineke, I guess, threw his first touchdown pass. 
And uh, I guess they were in the huddle, and all of a sudden the offensive players are watching Chase Young, the defensive player, run onto the field for, like, no reason. And he just wanted to go up to Heineke and, and like, give him a pep talk and say, you got this, you got this. Um, before we get back into Florida and Oklahoma, let me set my the Craig Mish fan duel line here on this. By the way, if you didn't follow the Dwayne Haskins story by now, you know he's not on Washington anymore. His agent and him parted ways today. His agent on social media said all the right things and said he's a great kid and everything's going to be fine. If I set a total here, Cam, at one half for Dwayne Haskins starts ever in the NFL moving forward, would you bet over or under that? The line, one half, 0.5. I'm going to go over. Uh, I know a lot of people are thinking it's going to be Jamarcus Russell. I still think Haskins has a lot of ability. You know what the crazy thing is, Craig? You could tell the guy didn't work. He didn't prepare, and he was still like, imagine if he did. Like, imagine somebody gets through to this guy, and he actually works at his craft doesn't do stupid things, listens, you know, the COVID protocols. Like, the thing is, he actually played well in some second halves. He can make the throws. It's just the guy just kind of goes out there and just rolls with it. But to be good, you got to work at it. He will get an, another opportunity, and I think he will start more than a half game. Craig, at Mish Sportsbook, I'm ready to bet the over. All right. Well, we'll have to slant the line based on all that money you bet, Cam. We're going to have to move that thing up to one. <laughs> Over on the Mish Sports Club, minus 132. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, one quick more uh, look here. Uh, we're going to keep updating this, and, and I'm, you know, a Gator grad, so I'm on social media following this one. Uh, you know, some people who I follow are speculating there are more players to come for Florida that are not playing in the game tonight. Now, again, I don't cover them. I'm not credentialed by them, and so I can't sit here and tell you this is anything more than the speculation of the people that I follow on social media. But they all seem to believe, Cam, that more players for Florida, even besides the ones, the two defensive players, that are not going to play in the game tonight. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that you probably hit it where if you had Oklahoma at three, I think that that was the best bet of all the ones that we've discussed. But, boy, it's like going into these games, not knowing is so difficult. And, and we've had games like this before. In fact, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Houston had like seven or eight guys opt out last year. They got crushed by Army. I think Army beat them like 62 to seven or something insane. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I still don't think as long as the quarterback for Florida is playing and their offensive line is intact, I don't think that they get blown out. But my concern at this point with a six-point line shift that something is up with the quarterback too, and I hate to say that, but – I, I don't normally see this in any college football game. To me, the, the, the key number when, when the line moves is six. Six usually mm -hmm. indicates a quarterback change. That's kind of where we're at. Yeah, it's interesting, Craig. And I got to tell you, though, motivation can work in different ways. Look at all the uh, Texas Longhorn captains that were out of that game. They were missing key guys, and look what they did to Colorado in that game. Sometimes yeah. it's a next-man-up mentality. If you're a young Gator and you get a chance tonight, you can make a name for yourself against a very, very solid opponent in the Oklahoma Sooners. Not if it's Emory Jones. Late points with Oklahoma. That's my opinion. <laughs> More to come here on Sports Grids. Yes. I'm Craig Mission for Scott Farrell. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Do you ever wish you could get more from your podcast? Well, you can with BuzzFeed Daily, hosted by me, Casey Rackham. 
And me, Zach Safford. On our show, we've got more good news and more pop culture. More memes and more celebrity tea. More of everything that's blowing up your timeline and trending on the internet. Every weekday evening, we're giving you more of what you need to enjoy your day. Because what's life if it isn't to be enjoyed? Listen to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coast to Coast, Craig Mission for Scott Farrell. Cam Stewart with me as we wrap up this hour. we got another hour to go. Rich Waltz is going to join us, broadcaster for CBS Sports Network. He's got a college basketball game to cover tomorrow. We'll also cover his college football as well as Major League Baseball. We'll ask him about all the Padres moves. But, Cam, uh, some unfortunate news today as, as Dalvin Cook, who grew up in the area that I live here in South Florida, a little bit south of me in Miami. Unfortunately, his father is very ill and has left the team to go be with him, which, you know, certainly we wish the best for uh, his family and indeed condolences uh, in, in a horrible situation, potentially for his father, who is very young. Uh, also, uh, you know, does beg the question, you know, just, you know, factually, will he play this week for the Minnesota Vikings, which is clearly secondary. But for those of you who play, who bet on sports or even who play DFS, not sure you're going to see Dalvin Cook. Aside from that, though, Cam, Minnesota's on the outside looking in for the playoffs, they had a couple of opportunities to win to just stay in. They couldn't get it done against some bad teams. Their schedule was very favorable this year. They couldn't get it done. Are they the most disappointing team in the NFL this year? Definitely. You know, some people say Houston. I thought Houston was going to stink to, to regardless because of their defense. But Minnesota, yes. Look at the weapons that they have on that team. Zimmer and that defense. Like, what happened to these guys? You lose to the Dallas Cowboys? Like, it, it was pathetic. They've lost so many bad games this year. I don't know what happened to this team. And I'll tell you one thing about Kirk Cousins. He might once in a while show up in fantasy, Craig, but when it comes to the big game, he just can't get it done. Uh, not good under pressure. This whole team, I, I, I'm not sure if he's the man moving forward, but very disappointing. The defense was horrible. Dalvin Cook was a nice story. Jefferson was a nice story. Other than that, they get an F- minus on the report card. Brutal job by the players and staff. Yeah, seven possessions for New Orleans in that game on Christmas night against Minnesota. Uh, five touchdowns and two Drew Brees interceptions. I mean, basically, they stopped themselves. They would have scored all seven times and scored seven touchdowns in that game if they chose. Uh, Alvin Kamara, as you know, ended up getting five, and then Taysom Hill got the sixth one there. An incredible poor performance from that defense, but certainly our thoughts and prayers are with Dalvin Cook's uh, family, no doubt. All right, hour two is just ahead. Make sure you stay on the grid. I'm Craig Mish in for Scott Farrell. This is Coast to Coast, our top of the hour update with Cam, and then we're back for more. Don't go away. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 